0: Welcome back to half the battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Vegas 16, Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. And Shaq it's going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, a middleweight showdown. You got the number five ranked Jack Hermanson taking on the number 13 ranked Marvin Vittori. And the winner is going to make a statement. They're going to be one step closer to that middleweight title shot.
1: Yeah, man, we know what uh, we know. the type of action my boy Jack the Joker brings. I mean, he, he's got the best game in the middleweight division, arguably the best ground and pound in MMA, and I mean, the dude's got tricks up his sleeves when it comes to that ground game, man. I mean, you know, uh, he's out here al- almost tapping out guys like Dr. Ray, and, and you know, uh, so we know that Jacker Manchin is an elite specialist, a top five guy, you know, stamped, and, I mean, what an what an opportunity for uh, for Marvin Vittoria. I mean, Marvin, I've always felt like he's got all the talent. Really, hasn't you know? Doesn't have that signature win on his resume like a, a Hermanson does. But I mean, I feel like you know we can't forget he went to a. I mean, it, it was a, a unanimous decision in my eyes against Adesanya. But you know, uh, the the judges did score it a split decision. And I mean, he had a good third round. And I mean, we know Marvin's got a chin. He's a black belt. He's strong. He can wrestle. He trains with, at Kings. I mean, he's with one of the best camps. So this is a great fight, man. I, I know Kevin Holland fell out. But, you know, they, they blessed Kevin Holland with a, with a nice matchup against, you know, the, the, the old legend uh, Jacare Souza. So Kevin can't complain. And, and I feel like this is just as good a fight or if not better.
0: No, this is a great fight, no doubt about it. For a lot of reasons, we're gonna get down to this whole card. We're gonna do it start to finish. But man, you mentioned that split decision loss to Adesanya. I feel like to this day, it carries a lot of weight. Like the fact that one judge, and it was actually Chris Lee, I believe, that same judge that's been fucking up all these scorecards. <laughs> you, he, know, uh, <laughs> you
1: know, my boy, my boy Chris Lee can't judge a fight right to save his life.
0: Like I, I want. You know Chris I,
1: Lee was out here giving giving rounds to Felder. You know, you uh, remember that round that RDA suplexed Felder in the air and slammed him on his head. Uh, you know, uh, Chris Lee scored that round for Felder. <laughs>
0: like, I just I wanna, <laughs> I, I want to see a fight through the lens of Chris Lee. Like I want to know exactly what this guy is looking at because it's unlike anything I've ever seen before in all my years watching this sport. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So let, let's get down to business, man. Before we do, obviously, a lot of got to let the fans know that. Support for half the battle is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers for this holiday season? Look no further, because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and great news. They just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia, And I know for me personally, man, I've enjoyed the hell out of using these products. I mean, feeling fresh, feeling clean, always ready for a short notice opportunity. A few of their products that are, you know, prime stocking stuffers this season are the crop preserver, the ball deodorant. I mean, the name speaks for itself. The Crop Reviver, the ball toner, a spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. The Crop Cleanser body wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair. The Crop Mop ball wipes, you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. And also, the Foot Duster foot deodorant designed to keep the stankiest feet smelling fresh. Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit, so they got you covered in every area. You got the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, which provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. And let's not forget about the best trimmer for your butt, balls, and body, the Lawn Mower 3.0. This trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology, which helps re- reduce grooming accidents. And these formulations are all vegan, cruelty free, dye free, sulfate free, and paraben free. So you know their products are 100% legit. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code BATTLE20. That's BATTLE20, all caps. Whether this is for your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, get them something they will actually use and make sure to get a laugh as well. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code battle 20 be the ballsiest gift giver ever this year with manscaped and Shaq, uh, how, how you been feeling now? We're a month in, man. How you been feeling about these manscaped products?
1: man you already know bro i i swear i swear by these products i mean it, it ain't nothing better than getting that close shave in the shower with the light on you know what i mean but, uh, this holiday season you know best fight picks is well groomed well well taken care of well smelling in all our areas so you know let's go
0: yes sir <laughs> say less now let's get right down to business shack <laughs> because first up in the bantamweight division we got A matchup between Luis, the last samurai Smolka, he's 16 and 7, and Jose Alberto Teco Quinones is 8 and 4. Currently, they got Luis Smolka minus 140. The comeback on Jose Teco Quinones is plus 120. Well, I mean, those that remember, we both picked Teco the first time. And uh, that was before Lewis came in uh, weighing in 139 pounds. I know my boy Shaq let us know that he'd been doing uh, those, uh, you know, YouTube eating competitions and the whole bit, and then he misses weight. Not for flyweight, Shaq. He misses weight for bantamweight. So was that a red flag at all, or do you think it would have been a weight advantage for him uh, in that spot?
1: Yeah, you know, we had a bet on Teko going into that night just due to the the facts that you just mentioned. I mean, I – I mean, I, I've been seeing him on YouTube eating a bunch of Chick Fil A and and Chinese food and and tacos and egg rolls, and I, I was just like, damn, doesn't doesn't Lewis have a fight against Casey Kimmy? Like, why why is he eating? <laughs> you know. And then the the subsequent fight after that, he misses Wade and he finds his way out of the fight. You know. Uh, look, I feel like Teco Quinones can can outwork Lewis. You know, outmaneuver him, out in space. All it comes down to is. What happens if Lewis uh, Smoker touches this chin? Now, I know that he knocked out Ryan McDonald, but like I said before, Ryan McDonald's a complete can. Ryan McDonald had no business even being signed to the UFC. I mean, he was out here getting drop by nebraska bums uh with losing records so you know uh, that knockout really doesn't hold that much weight in my opinion and look yeah Teco has a shit chin and he and he kind of did quit his last fight but i i feel like o'malley would start. uh you know a guy like smolka as well you know I, I feel like that would be a good fight for him and smolka yeah he's a tough kid the grappling you know it, it's probably 50-50, but I just feel like outside of the cage, this dude hasn't been doing, hasn't been living the right lifestyle, you know, as of late, you know. And Techo, you know, my boy has got his first, his first one, a uh, little one on the way. I know he's super, super motivated and i just feel like man as long as he you know avoids some of these big exchanges with luis i feel like he can touch him up from the outside get takedowns uh, and I, I and i do sense the you know luis smoker resorting back to his old jobber ways you know which is missing weight and and you know uh, and i feel like he's going to you know not have that same fire in the cage be tired and look like a slap job out there so i'm going to go with uh jose Quinones.
0: Yeah, look, I'd be more worried for Teco if he was the kind of guy that likes to get into unnecessary scrambles, and which is Luis Smolka's game, and that's just not what Teco does. You know, he's got that Mexican version of the Dominic Cruz style. He's going to faint a lot. He's going to throw a lot of kicks, and then when uh, Smolka's starting to get used to those kicks, that's when Teco's going to level change, mix in takedowns. You already know Luis Smolka can't stuff a takedown. The only worry is the chin of Techo, like we told you many times. The reason that Teco gets wobbled every single fight is because of that regional fight he took against Davi Hamosh, which is one of the most brutal knockouts we've ever seen. He had no business in there with a guy two-way classes above him. And as a result, there's still lingering effects, man. He gets touched on the chin. He wobbles. Luckily for him, Luis Smolka doesn't have that one hitter quitter, so I think he should be fine in that respect. So I'm going to go with Teco Quinones to come out here. Mexican Dominic Cruz win a decision. Now, next up... In the lightweight division. Speaking of Mexico, we got Jose Teco Quinones, former uh, castmate on the Ultimate Fighter. We got Gabriel Mowgli Benitez. He's 21 and 8, and he's taking on Justin James, who's 16 and 5. Currently, they got Mowgli Benitez minus 220. The comeback on Justin James is plus 180. Now, look, Shaq. I, I agree that Gabriel should be favored over Justin James. It's just to this extent is where I kind of draw the line. Because one thing about Justin James is that, you know, he's got eight knockouts on his record, and most of them in the first round. And in his two UFC fights, he scored knockdowns in the first round in both of those fights. So this guy can crack. It's just that if Mowgli can get past this first round, That's where I think he's going to start to take over. Mowgli's got a devastating body kick. I've already told you guys a thousand times about how Javier Mendez, the coach of AKA, says that Mowgli is literally the hardest kicker he's ever held pads for. Harder than Luke Rock, Old Kane, Khabib, all the guys that train there, D.C., so I think it's a situation where that first round is going to be kind of sketchy because Mowgli does have a suspect chin. James does hit very hard. James is actually coming in here with a heavy heart. You know, a uh, shout-out to him. His dad's going to be in his corner. I know his dad's going through a battle. And, you know, I, not not to bring up sad shit, but the, the fights haven't really been going in the favor of guys fighting with heavy hearts. You know, you look at Devin Clark last week. You look at my boy Walt Harrison. All the respect in the world to those guys. I got to tip my cap to them. But, you know, we take our emotions aside when it comes to picking fights. So I think the early going favors Justin James. But if Gabriel can just get past that first round, he's going to take over the fight. But it's contingent on getting past that first round. So I'll go with Mowgli Benitez via decision.
1: Yeah, you know, I feel like, honestly, this is a case of, yeah, Mowgli's coming off the two losses to Youssef and and um, Omar's last fight. But, you know, man, just because he's got a couple losses doesn't mean he's not making growth. And I actually do think Mowgli is growing and getting better. I just think the competition level, I just think these guys are flat out better than him. You know, Sadiq Yusuf is a top you know, and, and shit, what is your rank, ranked? You know, at in my opinion, top 10 or, or, you know, somewhere in there. And, and then uh, Omar Morales was undefeated at the time and it was up a weight class at 55s. And I feel like that's a, a better home for Mowgli. And, you know, this guy, Justin James, yeah, he's got power, but I just don't see, you know, much, you know, depth in his game. I, I just see a guy that swings, uh, you know, big overhand rights and, he, and he's definitely got power. But, you know, in that Gavin Tucker fight, other than that knockdown, man, I honestly thought he got thoroughly whooped. So, you know (laughs) like the significant strikes man were we're getting uh you know the left kick and it was against another lefty uh uh, Gavin Tucker so you know I kind of see a lot of openings for Mowgli in this fight it's it's honestly I agree with the line I feel like as long as Mowgli's chin you know it it stays clear I I feel like uh, he'll be good here but you know I, I just feel like Justin James isn't isn't good enough to beat him, in my opinion. I feel like he's a tough dude, but I just see that left kick and that and that left uh, straight being, you know. Uh, and I feel like this is a drop, a, a a considerate drop down in competition for him. So, you know, I'm gonna go with Mowgli Benitez, and I'm actually say by finish. So, you know, I think uh, Mowgli Benitez uh, stops James.
0: Now, next up in the featherweight division, we got a match between Damon Leech Jackson, he's 18 and three, and Ilya Taporia is nine and zero. Oh. Currently, they got Ilya Teporia, minus 245. The comeback on Damon Jackson is plus 205. So, I know we were very impressed with Teporia in his debut. Both cashed on him at underdog odds. Well, now there are no more underdog odds. Now he's the favorite, as he should be. And, I mean, listen, Damon Jackson, he beat Mirsad Bektic, but... Did he beat Mirsad Bektic or did Mirsad Bektic beat himself? Because, I mean, Mirsad Bektic, uh, everybody knows about the stunts this kid's been pulling his entire career, whether it's the time he got knocked out by Chaskelly. But the, the rules back then, it was actually, you know, they deducted a point. They called it an illegal knee. But in today's UFC, that's a second-round TKO. I know you remember when Darren Elkins actually knocked him out, when Josh Emmett dropped him with a jab the Dan Ige stunt, and now (laughs) he followed that up with a stunt against uh, Damon Jackson, a fight he was completely dominating.
1: uh, My boy Josh Emmett put him on that canvas.
0: With a jab. And uh, listen, Damon Jackson, I respect him. He's opportunistic. He's experienced. He fought in the UFC back in the day, PFL, LFA. He's been there. He's done that. Black belt. I got a lot of respect for him. I just think that this kid, Taporia. He's the real deal, man. These guys coming out of Georgia can fight. I mean, this kid can mix in the takedowns. And also, he, now he can knock people out, too. You know, the thing I like about him is that he was this undefeated kid on the regional scene. His last fight before his UFC debut, he fought a six foot one opponent. He got dropped with a head kick. And right then and there, I mean, he could have covered up and let the ref intervene. No one would have held it against him. Hey, first L time. Instead, he gets up and then he knocks the guy out comes in there into his UFC debut on short notice, his first time ever going the distance and he dismantled Yusuf Zalal. Now he's got a full training camp. I think as long as he doesn't get caught, you know, with something along the way, he, he's going to win this whole fight. I mean, the only way Jackson wins is some kind of comeback win. And I don't see that happening. So I'm going with Ilya Taporia to win. And honestly, he can do the takedown route. But if he wants to test his stand-up, I think he can test his stand-up here too. So I'm going with Ilya Taporia to get it done.
1: I'm very uh, high on Ilya, man. You know, how old is he? 24, three, something like that, you know, in that range, uh, you know, very experienced. And and look, man, to be honest, I actually thought Damon Jackson had a lot more losses than he actually did. You know, he's only, he's got a good record, 18 and three, you know, uh, but man, I just see him being a, a journeyman, you know, just, you know, a good grappler. But I mean, Mursad Bektik out grappled him, you know, quite clearly those first two rounds, but Mursad... Does what Mursad does, and that's overwork himself and do too many mat returns and, and gas himself out, and you know, uh, you know, transitioning from position to position for no reason. You know, the, like I, I remember after the first round of that fight, I tweeted, uh, you know, uh, Mursad Mir- loves making things uh, way harder than they need to be. You know, like he could just stand with this dude and knock him out, but like he's. Scared to get hit, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I think Jackson's tough. And look, he, he might be here for three rounds, he, he's a tough dude. But uh, I just feel like Taporia, man, he's actually training in Miami now, you know, at, uh, at MMA Masters. That's where you know, Miguel Baeza and Covington, and you know, uh, who else trains there, man? Uh, Rafael Alves from Contender Series, um, Sanchez, he's actually fighting uh, uh, Jared Gordon. Here in a, in a little bit, so you know I feel like that's an up and coming gem, and I feel like Taporia, yeah, he's a good wrestler, good power in his hands. Took out Yousef, who Zalah who was on quite the streak there, and you know that third round, it showed his heart because you know yeah he was a little fatigued. He took that fight on less than a week notice, if I, if I'm not mistaken, and you know he had to tough that one out in the last round. Youssef is a guy who's super rangy, throws a a lot, uh, you know, good knees up the middle, things of that uh, such. So you know I feel like that was a very impressive win. I was. Very very impressive both guys. So yeah, I feel like this is, it, this is fight. Uh, this fight is for Ilya to take, man. I know all respect to Damon Jackson, very tough, very experienced, good record, but you know, there's just not uh, anything necessarily he's good at. He's just, you know, good at, uh, <laughs> you know, against these regional, you know, up and comers like, uh, you know Levi Moles and you know these other guys. You know he can uh, out-experience them and and you know break them in the late rounds. But you know against these these talented you know uh, you know really in my opinion you know future UFC uh, staples, I think he's going to struggle. So you know I got support you. Now
0: next up in the flyweight division, we got a showdown between Jimmy the Brick Flick, who's fifteen and five, and Cody Durden, who's 11, two and one. Currently, they got Jimmy Flick minus 165. The comeback on Cody Durden is plus 145. So man, this is a hell of a fight. Obviously, you know Jimmy Flick, the the transition master. He's a, uh, he's a great scrambler. He's welcoming Cody back to the flyweight division. Cody uh took on Chris Gutierrez on a week short notice, went to a draw with him. Now he's dropping the flyweight with the help of uh Trifecta, the UFC nutrition uh system. So uh what do you think, man? This is gonna you know this is gonna be an exciting fight.
1: Yeah, you know, Flick looked really good on the uh contender series against that dude. Uh I forget his name, but uh, you know, Nate he Smith. looked really good, you know. Nate Smith, you know, ran him, ran him through the series. And, you know, look, Flick's gonna do that to to some guys. And, you know, that guy was undefeated. But if you actually look at his record, he had a lengthy amateur career and he got submitted, you know, quite a Quite a bit of times, you know. Uh, Durden's, you know, he's been submitted as well. And you know, yeah, I, I might be a little biased, you know, Durden, you know, Durden is the homie, but you know, and you know, I was sitting in Team Durden, uh, in te- the Team Durden section the night he fought, uh, uh, Scoggins down there in Gwinnett Arena, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and we, I think we all knew that night that him and Scoggins would, you know, be in the big show uh you know at some point and you know it was good to see them both in there and and look man durden durden's leveled up these last two fights man these last two fights i feel like he's uh you know going into that john sweeney fight in the nfc you know i mean and most people thought it was a fifty fifty fight, you know it could be uh you know back and forth I mean Sweeney's got some good wins, and I mean Cody went out there and dominated him like it was nothing I mean you know John Sweeney, I heard he got concussed so bad he was, he was trying to fight Cody afterwards or something like that, so you know uh. You know, and then the fight with Gutierrez, I mean, big underdog. We saw what Gutierrez was doing to guys like De Freitas and, you know, uh, Morales, you know, going out there, you know, breaking their legs with the calf kicks. And, you know, we know, we know his only loss prior to that was to So, and he beat Valiev. And the fact that he went out there like that, man, I was like impressed. I was like, damn, man, Cody, Cody's been putting in work down there at uh, ATT. I mean, this dude, uh, he's been training with Douglas and Diego his whole career. And I feel like, you know, finally, man. Man, this dude, uh, he sized up a little bit and, you know, he's got good movement. And I feel like he's a lot more athletic out in space than uh, Jimmy Flick. I feel like Flick, honestly, look, I'm not saying he's bad, you know, overrated, but I'm just saying I think that duty fought on contender series is a little green. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, he's not as good as Cody Durden just flat out. I just feel like Cody Durden uh, is just more experienced, a way better wrestler, a two-time you know, Georgia state champion. And I know Flick's got the Oklahoma wrestling, which, you know, we know the type of, you know, the wrestlers coming out of Oklahoma. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a storied list, but you know, man, I, I feel like, honestly, man, if Cody stays on the feet, he can outstrike Flick. Flick doesn't move his feet; he's stiff. He he's been rocked several times in his career. I know most of that's at one thirty-five to guys like Gutierrez, who you know submitted him, uh, Ray Rodriguez, uh, Levi Mose, All those dudes, you know, knocked him out. So we know the weakness in his game. Cody's got to stay upright and, and, and touch his chin. Uh, and I feel like he's got good, you know, black belts at his access to, to train with. Uh, I know Flick's one of these, uh, you know, jujitsu competition guys, and, and he's super decorated. But man, I, I have a feeling that he's kind of being overrated coming into this uh, to this fight, man, a little bit, just based off that last performance where, you know, he was running the arm bars, the triangles, the, uh, the kimuras against that guy. But man, to go up a weight class uh, on a week short notice against a guy like Gutierrez is, is a is a big sign to me and and I feel like there is value on Durden man and look if he gets submitted he, he you know hey he, he got submitted cuz i mean look I've, I've seen flick hit the the von flick the the Flicka team and, and all these other uh submissions that he likes to do but they're all quick man they're like first round like you know just boom one takedown Boom, he gets it, you know what I'm saying, in a lot of his fights. And I feel like if if that doesn't, uh you know, manifest, him, right, man, Cody can uh make this gritty, man. I feel like, you know, Gutierrez, I mean, you saw what he was doing. I mean, dudes were, you know, flopping to the canvas off his calf kicks, man. My boy Kurt Cody took those no problem. So, you know, uh, I, I'm going to take Cody Dirt in here and I'm upset.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Jimmy, uh, the brick flick, the guy is basically – He's a transition master. He's an opportunistic submission artist. And I've seen him, you know, he can literally attack chokes and arm locks from anywhere. He can chain arm bars to umapladas, to triangles, the whole bit. He's very exciting to watch. And I think he's going to have a lot of fight of the nights in the UFC. I feel like, Flick versus Smolka would be, you know, or Flick versus Tim Elliott. Like, those are the kind of fights I want to see with a guy like Jimmy the Flick, Jimmy the Brick Flick just, you know, you know, going back and forth scrambles until he submits the guy. Like, I love that kind of stuff. But the reality here is he's been knocked out four times in his career. And he, his stand-up is improving, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of him. I remember when he uh, defeated Johnny Bedford on the regional scene. That was a huge upset at the time. Even had him on half the battle. So, listen, I'm a Jimmy the Brick Flick fan. It's just that, you know, uh, Cody Duran's the best fight pick sponsored athlete for a reason. And this is a guy in Duran, like you mentioned, state champion wrestler. And the way he's been leveling up. Like you said, I thought that John Sweeney fight could have gone either way. He goes in there, smashes him in the first two minutes. And then the Gutierrez fight... Um, I mean, I, I was like, dude, this is the hardest kicker in the division besides Marlon Marais. I mean, you saw what happened when Vince Morales was in there with Chris Gutierrez a couple of leg kicks, and the guy, the guy only tweeted recently that now he can walk again. You know what I mean? And Cody Durden's been doing his thing, so... Cody for this camp, look, he could have stayed in Atlanta and did it with Douglas and Diego Lima and all these guys. He's got great training here. He actually said he wanted to go to Florida to train with the smaller guys. So now he's been in there with Pantoja, with Kyoji Horiguchi, with Tony Gravely, with Juan Puerta. And he said, if Pantoja and Kyoji Horaguchi can't tap me out, Jimmy Flick is not going to tap me out. So, uh, listen, I think that if Cody comes out here and wants to you know, prove for his ego that he can scramble with a guy like Jimmy Flick, well, then I think there's a chance that Flick submits him. But I know Cody's a smart guy, and I think this is going to be a fight where Cody actually showcases his stand-up, keeps it standing, lights him up with calf kicks, goes upstairs, gets the finish hands jimmy uh the brick flick his fifth knockout loss actually a lot of people don't know but cody's actually got some pro boxing and pro kickboxing experience uh he actually had a night where he oh, had a
1: you know flick, uh, by the way, speaking of that you know flick actually has a uh, boxing fights on fight pass
0: <laughs> or does he i didn't know that that's interesting well that's that, that i'm i'm glad he does because he's got to work on that aspect of his game but Cody Duran actually had one night where he had a boxing match, a kickboxing match, and an MMA fight all in one night. He won ten k. Uh, you know, I think Justin Gaethje was hosting the event or some shit. But anyways, Cody's a badass. I think he comes out here. I think he knocks out Jimmy the Brick Flick. I'm going with Cody Duran here. Now, next up in the lightweight division, we got handsome Matt Wyman. He's sixteen and nine, and Jordan Levitt is seven and zero oh. currently. They got Jordan Levitt minus four hundred. The comeback on Matt Wyman is plus three twenty five. So we saw with Selecki, who was you know a black belt, that uh, he he just ran through, <laughs> Matt Wyman through the ringer. It was easy work. And you know we bet on Selecki. We bet on Luis Pena. I like this kid, Levitt. He's not a black belt, though, like Selegi. You know, he's a purple belt. He kind of has, like, a watered-down version. And I say watered-down with all due respect of, like, the Ryan Hall style. And the reason I say watered-down is because he's a purple belt. He's a purple belt. He's not a black belt quite yet. But what he tries to do is he gets guys to the mat, and he's pretty fucking dominant there. So do you think that this 7-0 and no kid is going to come out here and also dominate uh, the the pretty much washed up Matt Wyman, or is this one where Wyman can finally get back on track?
1: You know, this is an interesting fight to for me because you know the Levit kid, the Jiu Jitsu skill is definitely there, and he's gonna, you know, be on his way to being a black belt and and, and all that good stuff. Beat, you know, uh, you know my boy Bayvon's uh, little bro, Levon Lewis. You know, uh, and for y'all don't know, my boy Levon's definitely a a lot better than his brother. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) you know, I feel like uh, I feel like, man, like, look, Wyman shouldn't be fighting. But a part of me feels like, you know, if he's been training this whole time, like maybe he can, you know, get into a little better uh, groove of things. Not saying that he's gonna win because I'm not gonna pick him to win, but but I'm saying. Like you know, this dude's a vet, man, and it's hard to submit him, bro. Like fucking, like, like I mean, like Selecky. I mean, I mean, we we know the type of jujitsu guy he is, you know. And, and you know, he couldn't he couldn't submit him. Pena. I mean, I was sitting there live. I was like, God, like shit, like we're we're under his neck. I mean, we got him in darces and, and all type of shit. And you know, we can't. Uh, he won't tap. I mean, Wyman's a, a vet. I remember when he tapped out uh, Paul Sass back in the day. He knows all those tricks to. To uh, survive the submissions, but other than that, man, I mean his takedown defense is complete garbage. Uh, I mean he's old. Uh, Levitt should win this fight, man. He's the younger guy, but I mean there's, I don't know if Levitt likes getting hit, and, and man, he kind of he's kind of weird, man. But you know, I think uh, I think he should win this fight uh, with the takedowns and top control. But uh, I mean, look, there were some moments in that third round against uh, Selecki, not saying that Selecki was in trouble or anything, but, you know, against like, you know, like you're saying, the watered down lesser version of Selecki, you know, uh, against another guy that might not like getting hit in the face. You know, maybe uh, Jordan Levin, you know, might start ankle diving all over the place, man, but who knows? So I I got Levin, but I'll say by 30-26.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, I got Levitt. I'm just not confident enough to lay minus 400 on him. (laughs) I felt like uh, Selecki deserved minus 400 in that spot. But Levitt, he should win this. And I I enjoyed watching him on contender series. I even picked him to win. He was one of my prospects to watch. I like his jiu-jitsu game. I feel like he's getting better every fight. He's a funny guy. He does, you know, a full split after he wins fights. He's got an interesting personality. And the thing with Wyman, he's just not showing me too many signs of life. Like, what he does show me is he can survive. He's a good survivor. But okay, I mean, he'll, take
1: that he'll take that ass whooping up front.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, aside from, like, surviving, you know, he squares his stance standing. He doesn't really throw with any power. He doesn't really attack with anything. So I just got to go with Jordan Levitt by default. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not confident at the betting window. Now, uh, next up in the heavyweight division, we got uh, a baby delivery session between John Volante, who's 17 and 12, and Jay Collier, who's 11 and 5. Currently, they got John Volante minus 200. The comeback on Jay Collier is plus 170. So, Shaq, I, I just got to know what time uh, is the baby due and uh, who's the father?
1: Uh, yeah, man, this is, uh, I've been looking forward to this fight for a long time. You know, we got the two fat guys, uh, Collier and, and uh, and, and, you know, postpartum, uh, Volante and, and look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say my pick, which is going to be, uh, Gian volante to come out here and get back on track. Cause I mean, look, let's just be honest here. Jay Collier in that time off, he had his head in a, in, in a, in a tub of ice cream, you know, I mean, uh, Yeah, and this not being stopped for that fifteen pizza, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, that dude put on like what? How much weight? Like maybe a hundred pounds more? He uh, was two sixty five I mean, in the in the time. He was a he was an 85-er when he left, right? Yeah. I mean, my God! So you know, uh, you know, Velante. Look, he pulled a stunt of stunts. Uh, to, I mean, even though he was down on the cards, in my opinion, uh, I mean. At least he was, you know, in range to beat Maurice Green, who I feel like would stop uh, would stop uh, Jay Collier. So, you know, uh, it was like at least he had some success, dropped him. I mean, but it's just like he got so gassed that, uh, (laughs) that Maurice Green was able to tap him out with that bullshit joke from bottom but uh, you know, I'll take John Volante. But I, I can't wait to see these two big boys in there slugging. I actually did see Volante. He actually looks like he's training. So you know, uh, you know, I see why him and Weidman down there. Weidman flew out to to New York to make sure his punching bag was you know in shape for this <laughs> for this fight. So and as where we, I think we all know that Jake Collier, you know, ain't, ain't training a goddamn thing. You know, he's he's probably uh you know, for Christ's sake, probably you know, I don't I don't know, probably eating. Eating a fucking whole pizza, I don't know.
0: <laughs> if uh, Jake Collier shows up twenty pounds lighter, would your opinion of this fight change?
1: Um. Uh, well, yeah, because then I mean, then it will be in range for Vellante to pull a stunt. I mean, he's pulled many stunts before. He he uh, he lost. Remember that Tom Lawler stunt he pulled, where he was a big favorite, and, and you know uh, he kept walking into a right hook, and it's like John, stop. John, no, John, wait, <laughs> you know? And then, uh, then all of a sudden he's asleep on the canvas and you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, and then, uh, and then they fight with Patrick Cummins, uh, you know, where, where he lost, but Patrick Cummins does have a win over the current UFC light heavyweight champ. So you know.
0: <laughs> it's just facts. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, John Volante is better than Jake Collier. The fat Jake Collier. If, if, If somehow on Friday, on the scales...
1: You know we ain't coming no 20 pounds (laughs) lighter. If if he
0: shows up in somewhat a shape, then he's a live underdog. If not, John Vellante can leg kick him and probably come out here and and win. It's just that both these guys looked horrendous their last fights. I mean, when I saw both of them on on the scales their last fights, I ran to the betting window to lay the chalk on their opponents, like just out of principle, and it came through. So... Definitely going to be paying attention to the weigh-in. But if both guys show up 265 pounds and look awful, I'll pick Volante just because he actually dropped someone in his awful state. But if Collier, you know, has lost 20, 30 pounds, if he comes out here, you know, looking reinvented, I'll, I'll pick him. But I'm going I'm to go with John Volante to get this done.
1: Now, Real next quick, up. Who you got between, between uh, Jake Collier and uh, Davidson? <laughs>
0: like the last, the last uh, Jay Collier. Yeah. I-, I-, I got Davis and Dice Dugua figueredo yeah. I-, I got Jay Collier over Demetrius, though.
1: <laughs> but DJ would probably beat him too. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just kidding.
0: So. Next up in the <laughs> featherweight division, we got a matchup between Movsar Ivloev. he's 13 and 0, and Nate the Train Landwehr is 14 and 3. Currently, they got Movsar Ivloev minus 630. The comeback on Nate Landwehr is plus 465. So these guys obviously have a long history together. For those that don't know, Nate Landwehr. You know, he was the champ at M1 over in Russia. So he was this American going to Russia, beating Russians. At first, they were like, who's this fucking American beating our people? But he kept winning, and then he won the belt over there. And then they treated him like one of their own. And Evloev was always the poster boy at M1. And for whatever reason, they never ended up fighting. So they always had this big rivalry. And now they finally meet. And I think it should be a good fight. Look, I think Movsar Evloev is slightly ahead of Nate Landwehr. But I kind of disagree with his minus 630. I was thinking minus 230, minus 300 at most. I think Movsar is one of the brightest prospects in the featherweight division. And I think Nate Landwehr is no slouch either. So I definitely favor Evloev, just not to this extent. I mean... Minus 630 to minus 700, you better knock him out in the first 30 seconds. You better knock him down multiple times and kill the guy. And I just don't see that happening. I see Evloev kind of winning a clear decision, but I think Landwehr will have his moments in the fight. So I'm going to go with uh, Evloev, but at the betting window, it's a dogger pass situation.
1: Yeah, man, I actually agree. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I think Mazvar Evloev might be, you know, ex- uh, when we're talking about, you know, non top 20 guys, top 25 guys, I think he might be the number one prospect at 145. I mean, just look at his career. You know, he had the, the, uh, I forget who the debut was against, uh, uh the Chinese, uh, the Korean guy. Uh, but then, Joy. you know, after that, he fought Choi. But after that, he fought, uh, Enrique Barzola, man, who, you know, has wins over guys like Mowgli Benitez and is super experienced. And, you know, I feel like he got super tested in the cardio aspect in that third round, man. I feel like Mazars boxing leveled up to, I mean, you know, prior to that fight, I had a hesitation just because I was like, man, I don't know if his hands are there yet. I know the, the transitions, the grappling, and all that stuff. I mean, I, there was a reason why I called this kid Little Khabib when I first saw him on the, uh, on the regional scene. And man, I, and then the fight after that against Grundy, I mean, he completely dismantled Mike Grundy and all respect to late Nate Landwehr. But, you know, Nate Landwehr just strikes me as a, as a kind of a club fighter. You know, I feel like he takes a lot of damage. I mean, like if Darren Elkins is blooding you up like that and, and taking you down like that, you know, and like Darren Elkins might have a couple fights left in him. you know, Darren Elkins, like if Maswar fought Darren Elkins, oh my God, like I would hate to see that site. Like I'm telling you, bro, I think, uh, Nate Landwer and I and I and I noticed that he's back petting a little bit uh you know uh, as of recently going but I really think he barked up the wrong tree with Mazvar, and look Mazvar used to be in the cage when they when they used to uh raise Nate Landwer's hand you know after he would beat these Russians cuz you know Mazvar is tied in with the uh with the politicians and the and the and you know all the the promotion people so yeah you know he is very familiar with Nate Landwer but I mean, the grappling is going to be too much. I mean, you've seen guys like Herbert Burns, and even some of those Russians he fought take him down. But, you know, he was able to, uh, you know, get better in the third. But these guys ain't even in Masrard's breath, man. I feel like Masrard's a special, special talent at uh, 145 pounds. And I think if it goes to decision, I- I'm thinking there's going to be 10-8 rounds. Uh, I don't think the boxing, man, is getting so much better. I mean, you saw Mike Grundy was out there huffing and puffing and ankle diving, and that guy's got way better. I think Mike Grundy is actually underrated, man. I feel like, you know, people shouldn't lose stream of, of Grundy because of that fight. He's actually fighting Nick Lentz. It got uh, announced uh, recently. But I feel like Mike Grundy's blast double in that fight. My God, bro. I was like, I was like, who said these, these Brits can't wrestle, man? Because fucking in Maswar with those shots, man, I was super impressed. But Maswar is just too talented. The scrambling ability to the get-up game. Nate, Nate, Nate Landwork ha, doesn't have an answer for anything, man. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Maswar Everly. I'll say by 30, 25, 6, you know, some somewhere, something like that.
0: Now, next up in the light heavyweight division, we got a matchup between Roman Dolize. He's 7-0, and and Jean Alain is 14-5. and Currently, they got Roman Dolidze minus 190. The comeback on John Alan is plus 165. This is going to be a banger while it lasts, man. This is going to be one of the most exciting fights on the card. Obviously, you got the undefeated georgian roman dolidze came in there knocked out kadis Ibrahimov, and it's easy to write that win off because everybody beats kadis but no one's ran through kadis the way he did like daun jung had to weather a storm danilo marquez was this back and forth fight ed herman lost the first round like dolidze just absolutely mopped the floor with the guy and then with john alan I know he lost to Mamouch and that's very, that, that's alarming. That's embarrassing. But he came back in that UFC debut. He beat Mike Rodriguez. Definitely, he definitely won that fight. He also tested positive after that fight, so I'm curious, is he going to be one of these guys coming in here with the Eric Silva love handles or not? Because he's still a young guy. He's only 26, 27, so maybe maybe it was a contaminated supplement. I mean, he's from Brazil. It wasn't no contaminated supplement, but the bottom line is that he might still be coming out here showing some life. So what I think kind of happens here is that on the feet, you know, Alain's kind of got that shoot to box style. He kicks hard. He punches hard. He's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Dolice, a lot of people don't know this because he knocks everybody out that he fights, but he's actually an ADCC grappling champion. He even grappled against Nikita Krilla and submitted him in the first round with a heel hook. I mean, in the first minute with a heel hook. So uh, this guy, Dolice can tap people out too. I, I think he might just kind of be the tougher guy here and... um I'm gonna pick Dolize here. The thing I'm most worried about is the the part that I that I'm not sure about. Like I don't I don't know what happens if Alan tries to shoot takedowns on Dolizay. Like is Dolize gonna stuff or is Dolize so confident in his ground game that he accepts the takedowns and then tries to play off his back? Cause if you actually watch his first two pro fights, I mean he like just Jumped he he pulled guard and went straight to heel hooks and they were beautiful they were beautifully executed heel hooks it's just at the UFC level I'm not sure how much that stuff's gonna work so I think Dolize gets past this test but uh, we'll see what happens after that
1: yeah you know I like what I saw that knee landed on uh, Cadiz was super nice I mean Cadiz was out there seeing stars I mean <laughs> Cadiz didn't know where he was but you know uh, John Alani did test positive. Uh, in that fight with Mike Rodriguez, but he, he took it to Rodriguez, man. It was very impressive. I mean, he, he bullied straight up, punked him out and, and, you know, took it to him, uh, you know, had the takedowns and, you know, him testing positive. Just look at his corner man in that fight, dude. He's got a <laughs> corner man. It's actually... uh he's he's uh it's actually jennifer maya's husband jennifer maya was out also in his corner in that mike rodriguez fight you know her, uh her and this guy i mean no no i and jennifer maya's also tested positive in the past too but they got the uh the uh you know the shorts the short uh suspensions but you know uh oh, i
0: thought you were gonna say I mean, they got the masking agents
1: well, yeah obviously not but the dude like look at the, <laughs> let's look at the corner man dude the dude's like fucking i mean jacked like so i was like oh no wonder he uh tested positive for steroids but uh you know yeah he's got that shoot buck style he's got a, a good ground uh good ground game he had the mamooch the mamooch fight but man i honestly thought it was a case of i don't know how mamooch stayed standing it was one of those cases where you like you know You, you get you know, but yeah it was a big fatal mistake but man he beat himself I, I was I don't want to say I was impressed but I was like he's he's well rounded I mean young he you know maybe he's uh better than we thought so you know but the lead you know he's undefeated do I think the competition level has you know necessarily been the best no but at the same time man I do see some skills some striking skills like you said he, he's got some grappling skills as well I feel like, it. yeah, it could be a tough fight, but I just have a feeling Galize, uh, my bad, you know, the Georgian warrior is going to come through in this fight. I, I do feel like it could be close, a war, maybe a fight of the night-ish type of back-and-forth uh, light heavyweight guy, because, you know, John Alon and them, they are they are coming, you know, with that shoot-box style coming to, to strike, so, you know, we'll see, but I'll, I'll take Galize by uh, a close decision.
0: And next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Tyla Santos. She's 16-1, and and Montana De La Rosa is 11-6. Currently, they got Tyla Santos minus 210. The comeback on Montana De La Rosa is plus 175. I feel like this fight has absolutely nothing to do with Montana De La Rosa whatsoever. I mean, the opponent doesn't even matter. This is all about Tyla Santos. I mean, Tyla, like... You know she lost to Mara Romero Barella, and it wasn't even because it wasn't even about what Mara Romero did right. It was more about what Tyler did wrong. Tyler just simply didn't fight that. I night. mean, if,
1: I was, a, I was, I was looking, I was looking at the TV, just literally like, what? <laughs> like, like what can is we this throw, girl throw a doing? punch? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> it, it was <laughs> like, unreal. So it's like. If she's got her head on straight, I mean, she's got Montana outclassed everywhere the fight goes. It's just if she wakes up on Saturday morning and doesn't feel like being there, then Montana might be a live dog. Montana's got decent back takes. She's experienced. But this has nothing to do with Montana whatsoever. Kind of, You remember that fight between Tom Breeze and KB Bueller, how that fight had absolutely nothing to do with KB Bueller. It's just about where's Tom Breeze at. Same same situation here. If Tyla Santos shows up on Saturday night, she's winning this fight, and, that, and that's the bottom line. She's better everywhere. So show up, and you win. So if anybody's got some inside info on Tyla's mental state, let us know. But, uh, it, yeah, if she wants to be there, she, she's going to shine. So I, I got Tyla.
1: Yeah, you know, De La Rosa, I actually did think her her stand-up uh, in the last fight looked a, at, least there were some new weapons there. You know, she was kind of, you know, added some distance, uh, you know, strikes in her, in her game, which I didn't see in the past. The thing with Montana, man, she don't like getting hit. I mean, and she bleeds. Like, her nose will get busted, man. I mean, the... The Nico Mentano fight, I saw her nose is completely covered in blood. I mean, pouring out the uh, Andrea Lee fight. I was there live. Her nose got broken, you know, you know. Losing blood. And then the last fight, man, I mean, uh, props to her. I do think there's a chance she, even though in a loss, she learned a lot. I mean, VV, man, looked really good in that fight, you know, with the movement and the power and the, and the clinch and the jujitsu and all that. So, you know, I, and I didn't really expect Montana to win that fight. So I don't want to necessarily look, uh, too down on her, but yeah, Tyler Santos, I mean, you know, the McCann fight, I was like, well, where the fuck was this at the last fight? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was just a complete different demeanor, completely different person. It kind of uh, reminded me of, uh, you know, not saying trying to compare these two people, but like it just seemed like two different people. You remember like when uh, Lauren Murphy's prior fights to Mary Barella and it was like, you know, in the in the first round in the Mary Barella fight, I was like, oh shit, this. You know, this might be a completely different, uh, completely different chick, and I and I feel like uh, that's kind of how I felt with that fight. I mean, instantly we could tell, ah, oh, shit, meatball. You know, she might be in trouble here. You know, I mean, Tyler was out there hitting double legs. Uh, you know, in the clinch with the plum, looking like a, a little uh, GDR. You know, Jose <laughs> out there, you know, playing in tune and let Montana press her against the fence, like how she did against Mary Barella. Uh, you know, I feel like she's gonna touch Montana up, break that nose, bust that nose up, and and win this decision. So yeah, I agree. I, I feel like Tyler Santos is the more talented one, and, and she should get this one.
0: Co main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division, we got a matchup between Ovin St. Pru, OSP. He's twenty five and fourteen, and Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill is eight and zero. Currently, they got Jamal Hill minus 165. The comeback on Ovin St. Preux is plus 145. Uh, This is a hell of a fight, man. Obviously, you know OSP. He's been a staple of the light heavyweight division for a long time. I'm a huge fan of OSP. I mean, he's got the second most submissions in light heavyweight history. Had the most until my boy Glover just submitted uh, Tiago Santos. So now he's got the second most, you know, tied up there with Misha Sarkunov with John Jones. Uh, I said Misha Sarkunov, who, by the way, turned down this fight with Jamal Hill. So now OSP is taking it. And what can I say? I got nothing I mean, but good thing.
1: I mean, who would you rather fight, Jamal Hill or Ryan Spann?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know Ryan Spann turned on a fight with Jamal Hill, too. He said, he said I'll meet I you mean, at the top. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, Ryan, would you, c- cut, cut. Who would, you rather, who would
1: you rather fight, undefeated Jamal Hill or chinny johnny walker
0: yeah i I, I completely understand where he's coming from so yeah listen i I think there's a situation where jamal hill despite being a slight favorite i think he's really underrated man i feel like people don't quite appreciate how good this guy is the kind of potential he has because like when you look at all the light heavyweight prospects and the ones that have lost whether it's Rockich, reyes jimmy the brute Cruit. Michal Olekzechuk, Alonzo Menefield. I feel like Jamal Hill actually brings something completely different to the table because, yeah, look, he can knock people out in the first round like you saw in that last fight against Klitson and Abreu, but the big question with, with, with these big boys is what happens when fights go the three-round distance, and Jamal Hill has the output and the volume of of a Bantamweight, and what I mean by that is he can fight 15 minutes and land over 100 strikes in those 15 minutes. He threw 230 strikes against Darko in that debut, and people only talk about how he got taken down six times. Well, how about the fact that he got up six times? I mean, he was never held down at any point, and actually he's got – uh, junior college All-American Brett Martin working with him uh, you know, privately on his wrestling. So that's why his get-up game is so damn good. But when it comes to the stand-up, this kid Jamal Hill, not only does he have serious output, he mixes up his strikes nicely, whether, whether it's the jab, whether it's the straight left, whether it's the body shots, the kicks, they can go upstairs, they can go to the body, they can go to the legs, his knees. I think that this is actually one of the brightest prospects in the light heavyweight division. And to take it a step further... Cause when I talked about, you know, Jimmy Crut, I, I just always thought he was a very exciting guy. Or when I talked about Rockich or or Reyes, you know, I I I always said, hey, they could be top ten guys. I actually think Jamal Hill's got top five potential. I think one day he can be a top five guy. It's just now you got to get past the ultimate gatekeeper in OSB, who's a guy we got tremendous respect for, another dangerous southpaw. You know, he, he can take people down, he can knock people out. Um, it's just that, you know, uh, you know who OSB is training with for this fight, Shaq? He's here in Atlanta with Manu Nato. And guess who his main sparring partner is for this fight? Douglas Usher. Now, Douglas Usher is the perfect sparring partner for Michal Olegsechuk. You know, he's, uh, you know, a shorter southpaw. He's six feet tall. He's a southpaw. Perfect sparring partner for Mihal Oleg Zachuk. Douglas Usher is not the perfect sparring partner to take on Jamal Hill, who's a six foot four light heavyweight with an 80 inch reach. So I think that Saturday night is going to be Jamal Hill's coming out party. I think he's going to take Ovins to a place he likes to call touch him up university and i think he comes out here and i think he knocks out oven st Prue. and if he doesn't get the knockout i think it kind of looks like the dominic reyes fight where he just triples him up on volume i think the output and the endurance of a guy like jamal hill is just on another level and i think he's the light heavyweight prospect that we need to look out for so i'm going jamal sweet dreams hill to get it done man
1: yeah man you know uh hill is very talented six four you know light heavyweight um the shots are super you know sharp with the straight left the teeps i mean he's constantly throwing these teeps these front kicks these you know feelers right hooks jabs i mean he's very active you know the like you said the volume is definitely there um granted you know there's two opponents uh, kind of you know suck but i mean he took care of them you know with uh like how he should and you know he only had like what seven Eight fights, and, th- and th- like you said, the Ray. Re- this fight reminds me a lot of the Reyes fight because you know, at the time when Reyes and him fought, I think Reyes maybe had like eight fights or nine fights, and you know, uh, and Reyes went out there, and I mean, kind of similar thing, you know, jabs, you know, left kicks, uh, lots of volume. And OSP fights with his hands down and his chin up in the air, and we know, uh, we know what happens when, the, when OSP starts to get in that orthodox stance, uh, you know, uh, and that chin starts. That chin starts coming sky high. And his last win was nice and all, but I think Alonzo Menafield's a complete fraud at this point. So, you know, I I feel like, uh, I feel like, um, and, you know, his fight before that was like, even the McCall fight in which he won. I mean, McCall. Showed up w- with uh with Vellante belly, and, and you know, honestly, was you know, dropping him in the first round, touching him, but he got too carried away, didn't manage his cardio. The way, the, from what I've seen with Jamal Hill, the dude fights very smart, he's definitely got a plan. Yeah, Darko took him down six times, and that's really what this fight comes down to, in my opinion. What happens? Uh, you know, if O-Vince gets on top of you. But at the same time, when o- OSP gets on top of, like, Krylov, I know Krylov on paper is a more decorated grappler than uh, than Jamal Hill. But, I mean, o Vince really wasn't holding his top position that much, and, you know, uh, guys were getting back up, and Jamal Hill does have that ground game. And every, uh, thing I see on Instagram, man, with this dude is he's been – I've been seeing him on the mat training. So, you know, uh, I think, man – I'm not gonna say he's a future top five guy and all this, because I, I do think maybe you know somebody uh, a little higher up could give him a, a little trouble, but. In- In this pretty fucking guys like Alir Latifi, come out here and touch that chin and, and wobble him. We've seen McCall, even though in a loss, wobble him. Uh, you know, Ben Rothwell, you know, was out here, you know, and that's, I mean, Ben Rothwell without it, and that's Ben Rothwell without his steroids, Then You know, that's a, a, a low estrogen, uh, Ben <laughs> Rothwell. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh I mean, imagine what Ben would have done if he was on them, on that juice. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I think, uh, I I like OSP, but he leaves his chin too much up in the air. And if he cannot do something with that initial first takedown as if, uh, unless Jamal Hill, you know, grabs that guillotine or something like that. I I agree, man. I feel like Hill's going to run away with this decision with the volume or get to this knockout or get this knockout. I mean, he stays very disciplined in that uh, Southpaw attack and and I, and I think he's going to get the win here. And then, and you know, a lot of people are like, you know, this guy's only got, uh, you know, eight, nine fights. Like, you know, how's uh, OSP uh, uh underdog to this guy, man? But like we said, he's lost to 8 and no guys before. So, you know, uh, I-, I I got Jamal Hill.
0: I mean, this isn't, you know, six-foot-tall Alonzo Menafield or five-foot-ten Mikal Oleg Zaychuk. This is a six-foot-four guy with an 80-inch reach.
1: Alonzo Menafield's a complete—you know, what really fucked up is him knocking out— Paul Craig because honestly if you watch that fight Paul Craig was touching buddy up He just he did he threw one extra spin And fucking like I was like Paul wait don't do that And then like you know he spun And he got got KO'd so (laughs)
0: That's how it goes sometimes In in
1: in the rematch I got Paul though
0: (laughs) You know Paul was doing Some sad things to the legend uh, Last week
1: Oh man that uh,
0: that got ugly I
1: Uh, was like Show them up
0: shogun no <laughs> shogun wait shogun please you know i had I, I definitely shed a tear there but uh main event of the evening in the middleweight division we got a match between jack the joker hermanson he's 21 and 5 and marvin the italian dream vittori is 15 and 3 currently they got marvin vittori minus 140 the comeback on jack hermanson is plus 120 so Historically speaking, the guys that give uh, Jack Hermanson the most problems are very athletic knockout artists. And if you look at Marvin Vittori, uh, if you examine his record, he's knocked out two people before. You want to know who they are? The two people Vittori has knocked out, one of them has 10 knockout losses, and the other one has a 4-12 and pro record. So do you think that... Uh, Vittori can come out here and add Hermanson as his third knockout win, or is this one uh, where Jack can take?
1: Man, you know, <sighs> this is a great matchup, man, because, like I said, I've been following. I mean, both these guys fought on the same night uh, in Venator FC. You remember that night when Paul Harris fought Mech and Hermanson yeah. was on the card, Vittori was on the card. I mean, you know, so they. Uh, they uh, go way back, and they got signed around the same time. And, and man, I like Jack Hermanson. And, and You know, his last fight against Kelvin, he, he definitely had a nice leg lock there. And his ground, like I said at the beginning of the show, the ground game is, uh, you know, it's 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 legit, man. Uh, and Marvin Vittoria's a black belt. You know, I see this guy at Bar- Darius in Darius's garage training the, in the uh, jiu all the time. So we know what uh, jiu skills he's got as well. And, look, I know Marvin... You know, he is he is a slight shock here, and, it, and it's tough with him in that spot because, you know, he doesn't really have uh, signature wins on his resume. You know, he he kind of was on that USADA suspension, came back. But, it, man, I kind of predicted that Marvin was about to go on a little run. Like, while he was on that suspension, I was like, this is going to be good for Vittori. He's going to, you know, clear his head a little bit. You know, he's gonna cause you know him and Adasanya and all that, you know Adasanya played with his head, you know, you know Adasanya got a, got in his you know how Adasanya gets in these dudes' heads, man. I mean, fucking he uh he ruins them before the fight, you know what I'm saying? And and I feel like uh he was gonna come back after that break and you know, start to creep into these rankings, and that's exactly what he's done. And look, Hermanson, I'm not gonna say he's a one-trick pony because he can strike, he can move, he does have good low kicks. But, man, I just have a gut feeling that if Marvin Vittori continues to make improvements, continues to do the things, you know, he's training at Churchill Boxing. Now, man, I know Andrew Sanchez ain't all that, and but, man, the hands he displayed in that fight, man, I feel like it's a sign to, to show what's coming with this guy, man. I, I really feel like... He has a chance to be one of the at least uh, upper echelon 185. Or I'm not gonna say future title challenger or or none of that. But I I just have a feeling that Jack Hermanson, although I think he's solid, I I just don't view him as a real threat to the title. Or I'm not saying that Vitoria is either. But you know, like I just feel like Hermanson has a has like a ceiling on his potential. saying like I just feel like in certain matchups like I mean we saw what happened to Cannoneer like I just feel like not saying that Vittorio has this knockout power but I feel like Vittorio has his cardio has gotten a lot better you know I mentioned uh one of these things when Lauren Murphy fight he's been this doctor that he has his name's like doctor uh fucking some dude from Italy man but like the way Marvin's body is like fucking bro like Marvin's a fucking machine and I know he doesn't have those uh signature wins but man I actually think he's going to come out here and stuff this these clinches attempts in these uh, uh, early ones, but I just feel like Marvin's so strong that it's going to drain him. And not uh, when they get back in space, I just feel like Marvin's going to pick him apart with the jab, the straight left and, and just kind of bully Jack a little bit, man. I, and I, and look, I'm not saying uh, there's value on either side and I get it. Jack Hermanson, dog money. He's the, the more proven guy. So if anyone takes that, I understand. But this is just more of a, a of a feeling of Marvin's talent level. And, and I feel like, you know, he is getting better. It's, it's tough to play him at that chalk because you know we don't have uh, any facts against him at this level uh competition but I thought he was on his way to dismantling Jack array uh, personally and I think he's gonna beat Jack hermanson man I think this is a tougher fight than Kevin Holland um, and I feel like Jack should have stayed home man but hey props to Jack he's a he's a gangster and, and you know, he took the fight, but I just feel like this is a bad matchup, man. I I really do feel like he's gonna struggle getting Marvin Vittori down. And I know Roberson got, got on top of him briefly, but I feel like Roberson, uh, you know, not saying that he's better than Jack, but just a little stronger, you know. I, I feel like uh we'll see, man. But I'm gonna go with Marvin Vittori, man. Uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be a good fight.
0: So, man, I'm actually going to go on the opposite side here. I'm going to take Jack Hermanson. Look, I agree with you. Marvin Vittori has been making a lot of improvements, and uh, he's definitely uh – He's definitely got a presence in there, man. He he's kind of got a little bit of that bully style. He's got that you know that good kick from the southpaw stance. He's been training at Kings MMA. He's been getting better, so I respect his improvements a lot. But I still feel like to this day he's got a lot of unnecessary rub or hype just based on the fact that he went to a quote unquote split decision with Israel Adesanya, where we all know that shit was no split decision, and also that's not championship vert. That's not championship version Israel Adesanya. That's Israel one fight removed from getting taken down by Rob Wilkinson a couple times. So I I feel like that's some unnecessary hype he gets. Now, look, this could be a letdown spot because I agree with you. The Kevin Holland fight, as much as I love Kevin Holland... Kevin Holland doesn't really defend takedowns, so Jack had a clear path there. But, man, I feel like Jack can win this one too, even if it's standing. The reason I say that is because I feel like he's got more volume than a guy like uh, Marvin Vittori. If you watch that fight against Jacare Souza, so firstly, one doesn't simply, you know have submission attempts against a guy like Jacare and often we don't even care about submission attempts we care about completed submissions but the fact that he was even attempting submissions against a guy like Jacare that speaks volumes and he blasts double Jacare and the most impressive thing to me was you know how he kind of slowed down in that third round but in that fourth and fifth round he picked up the volume he actually landed more strikes in the fourth and fifth than he did in the first and third so I was very impressed with that performance by Jack Hermanson. he knows what it's like to be a Five round main event fighter, and if this was Paulo Costa or Robert whittaker filling in, then I would be picking against Jack because those are the kind of guys that are going to give him issues, guys that can stuff his takedown and you know put the hands on him and knock him out. I don't feel like Marvin Vittori has that power to punk Jack out. Now, I might be wrong because Jack is one of these mental cases where. Look, I I applaud him for being brave enough to, you know, come out and admit that kind of stuff. But the reality is that sometimes, you know, he doesn't want to be there. If he doesn't want to be there Saturday, Marvin could have a victory. But if Jack shows up, man, I, I feel like he can kind of outclass him a little bit, mix in takedowns. And I mean, we saw Carl Roberson not only get on top, but have a submission attempt. I feel like if Jack gets in similar spots, he can close the show. So I'm going to go with Jack the Joker Hermanson. I was actually kind of surprised that he was an underdog in this spot. I felt like he should have been at least a slight favorite here uh, just based off the competition and all things included. You know, uh, I don't think, you know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and discredit Marvin's wins. I mean, but like Andrew Sanchez is not even a top 30 guy. Um, you know, Carl Roberson, like, come on now. So how many times we've we seen Carl Roberson get submitted? So this is a step up for Marvin Vittori. Hopefully, Jack uh, comes out here and handles biz because I'm going with Jack uh, to get the upset. So, my pick is Jack Hermanson. Now, Shaq, we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So, what is the fight to watch for UFC Vegas 16? Jimmy
1: Flick versus Dern, man. You know, the flyweights, in my opinion, might be the most exciting weight class in the UFC. So, You know, uh, I feel like we got another, you know, entertaining scrap on the horizons. These two are, I don't want to say unknown, but, you know, they're trying to get their name into the mix in in that flyweight division, you know. And I mean, flyweight's wide open right now, you know, after, you know, my boy Deus uh, has to unfortunately dismantle uh, Assassin Baby, you know, you know, who's next is wide open. You got Garbrandt, you got, you know, uh, I mean, Garbrandt wants this knockout loss so bad, I don't know why, <laughs> but hey, you know, to each his own. He gets one win and all of a sudden he's back against like a fucking 38-year-old, <laughs> but like fucking, uh, but then, you know, everyone else, man, at Flyweight, man, just think of all the up-and-coming guys, you got, you got Askarovs, you know, fighting Benavitas. I like the kid Dvorak, uh, you know, Flick and Durden, uh, Roy Val, I mean, man, uh, there's some other guys in there too, man. So, uh, Paiva. Paiva, albazi you know, all these guys. So, you know, uh, I feel like that division, man, Tyson Nam, I mean, bro, that division is doing so good now. Uh, no offense to DJ, one of the all-time all-time greats. <laughs> but, uh, man, that division is, is, is super fun now.
0: Yeah, it's great to see uh, the flyweight division flourishing once and, once and for all, or, or once again, rather. For me, my fight to watch is John Alon versus Robon Dolidze. I don't see any way how this fight can be boring. I think that these two, they're either going to stand and trade until one man falls, or you you might see some nice transitions on the mat. But either way, I think there's going to be some violence in that fight. So for that reason, Dolidze versus Alon is my fight to watch. Well, Shaq, who is your fighter to watch?
1: Um, my fighter to watch, man, that's a good question. I'm going to say it's going to be in that main event, man. I, I feel like Marvin Vittori is my is my fighter to watch this. Uh, I feel like he's fighting for the fighting future of the country of Italy, man. I mean, I know, we you know, we've been known to say in the past that these Italians can't fight. Now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, look, just look at the history, you know, Alessio, he's about to get cut. Carlo Petersali got cut. Mary Barella's cut. Uh, I mean, who else is Italian? Um, I mean, they have Luigi uh, Van uh, he, he just got, who did he just get? He just got, he just got on wins. But he's from Brazil, right?
0: Yeah, he 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 left Italy. He went to Brazil.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, hey, that was smart. <laughs> you know, uh, Marvin left, and I feel like he's fighting for all Italians, man. I mean, this is a huge opportunity. This is what you call a big momentum swing. I mean, Marvin was struggling to get a fight. I mean, I remember when we all saw, you know, Benil having a whole and his wife having to hold Marvin back in hotels, telling him, Marvin, relax, Marvin, don't, <laughs> like, you know, he. You know, he's been claiming that these dudes like Holland and Ian Hynish and and, and all these guys were, uh, you know, scared to fight him. You know, now he's got an opportunity main event. I mean, I've always felt like Marvin's always been quite the character. I mean, I, I know you know that Marvin, uh, Royd Rage, uh, you know, <laughs> those episodes that he likes to have. But, you know, I, I feel like this is a big opportunity, man. Hammer enters a top five guy. And, and this rivalry kind of goes back to to the Euro local scene. So... That, that's my uh, He's my fighter to watch. If Marvin Vittori gets a win, I, I feel like... I don't want to say there's a, a new star, but, you know, I mean, he's got... you Look at him, man. He's fucking jacked. He, I mean, the dude's fucking huge. I mean, I feel like they'll start marketing this guy a lot more. And if he beats her Manson, I mean, who's he going to fight next? I mean, I, I know his teammate Gaslam's up there. Uh, you know, between you and me, Gaslam ain't, ain't going gonna, gonna to be back up in their rankings no time soon. But, you know... Uh, Uh, But man, I mean, I was was
0: fighting Heinish,
1: you know who I got, but, (laughs) but yeah, I I think uh, that he's my fighter to watch, man. Marvin Vittori is fighting for the, for all the Italians, uh, MMA fighters, future MMA fighters out there. So, you know, Marvin's got a, a lot of, a lot of pressure on their shoulders.
0: My father to watch is uh, Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. Like I told you, all, all these light heavyweight prospects have had to take their first L, and the only one that hasn't so far is Jamal Hill, and I feel like he stands out from the pack, and OSP is the perfect litmus test to find out exactly where Jamal stands in the division right now, and I just feel like this kid brings something different to the table. Like I said, he's got the output to land over 100 strikes in 15 minutes, but he can also knock guys out. He can get up from the takedowns. He's got the Size, he's got the reach. I'm very excited about seeing what Jamal Hill does. So, for that reason, he is my fighter to watch. Well, Shaq, we did it. It's going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, UFC Vegas 16, Hermanson versus Vittori. They can follow you at MMA Genius 5 They can follow me at Best Fight Picks. They can get our plays at BestFightPicks.com. Make sure you all hit up our sponsor, Manscaped, at Manscaped.com. Use that promo code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping. We truly appreciate all your support. Make sure you subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available. We'll be back next week. Thank you once again. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.